Good evening, everyone. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Wiz and I finished up uh, all of our team summaries. And uh, now, Wiz, we're going to get into a little bit of uh, auction strategies, if you will. And kind of maybe some things that we've learned from uh, in the past in all of these auctions that we have partaken in over the years. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one and a very interesting one as well. And, uh, you know, I think these, you know, how how I would like title this podcast uh, for people listening, this is things that you really should and should not do at your auction draft to help you um, really, you know, be in good shape at your draft, do well, win leagues, dominate leagues. Uh, because, you know, I think we're going to go over some things that for the most part people don't, think about at their drafts, but I, I think it's very, very important, and uh, you and I together have uh, done over the years in all the leagues that we've been in a lot of these auction drafts and learned a lot of things, and uh, you know, I think uh, I think we can really help people with this one, and I think, uh, I think, like I said, it's going to be uh, interesting as well. Yeah, look, auctions aren't easy, right? Like, especially if you've never done one before, and all of a sudden someone comes around and starts knocking on your door and say, hey, you want to join this auction league? You know, hey, what's that going to be about? Uh, you know, it takes time to kind of learn the process and, and, and going about it. There's going to be definite mistakes. I, I can tell you, you know, I, I, early on in my career, definitely made mistakes um, and probably still make mistakes to this day in terms of, not quite understanding directions of drafts and all that sort of thing. Uh, sometimes too slow to catch on to that. And actually, it's probably going to be point number one, you know, that, that I would want to talk about, Wiz. And that's kind of understanding a direction in which your draft is going. Um, and I think that kind of embodies a couple of different things. You know, knowing your scoring system for certain, uh, some past history in the league in terms of bidding patterns, if you have that luxury of going against people, you can look at past history. Hopefully you keep draft results from the from the previous couple of years because you can kind of get an idea of that. But, but, but I think a lot of times, Wiz, in drafts, like you come into a draft with some preconceived notion about how things are going to play out. You know, this is going to be a running back heavy draft or this is going to be a receiver heavy draft. And then all of a sudden you get in there and things are different than what you anticipated. And I think understanding that, and having that flexibility is one of the most important things uh, and key ingredients to having a successful draft. Yeah, that is definitely true. Adaptability is uh, is very important. You know, what makes it difficult is, well, you could do a million and a half mock drafts for these snake drafts. And over time, you could see what's going to happen and the order about and within a few players where, you know, players land in certain spots in certain rounds and auction draft is much more difficult to duplicate when you're doing mock drafts to try to prepare for it. So to your point, um, that in itself, you know, makes it a little bit more difficult. And I would say there's an emotional component to it as well, right? You're dealing with, <laughs> it's live. There's 10 to 12 other people, maybe even more if there's pe- people that are partnered up. Uh, people get excited. There are some people that are homers and definitely want to go after their local players. There are some guys that have tendencies over the years to kind of gravitate towards particular players. I think if, if you've never done an auction draft, obviously you're not privy to that. But if you have done this before in the same league, you want to kind of have some, you know, remembrances about what transpired in years prior. 
Yeah, and and no, there's no there's no question about that, and that kind of like comes with experience in you know years drafting, and um, and especially if you're drafting like you and I, for the most part with the same group of guys, which um, you know is the case. But for the people that are not like you know that are drafting for their in their first few years um you know they're they're kind of new at this you know i'm going to go in chronological order of what i think is important to start off doing and you with your experience can comment you know if you tell me how much you agree with it and how much you know how important it is to you but i'm going to start in chronological order and, and for me showing up early and embracing the day are two underrated things in auction drafts. I cannot tell you how many times over the years I've seen people show up right at the start of the draft or and they're disheveled, they're not organized, and it caused them to, you know, not really be prepared in a good mindset. And then also people who are looking to get out of there early. They're frustrated with how long it's taking. I mean, you have to go into these auction drafts realizing that you have to embrace the day. It's going to be lengthy. There's going to be holds up. There's going to be breaks of, of, of some kind and enjoy the day because I never quite understood the guy that or the, or the woman that wants to leave their draft 20 minutes early or 30 minutes early and they want to get out of there only to be staring at a horrible team for four months. It never quite, I never quite grasped that concept. So for me, starting off, embrace the day, get there early. I know you like to get there and, 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 you know, and, and talk and have laughs. And I love to do the same thing and embrace the day. And it's a fun day. And, and sometimes you're in a league member where you really, it's the only time that you may even see these guys, uh, especially what's been happening, you know, in the last couple of years where not as many gatherings as before. So be prepared enjoy the day, embrace the day um, is something that I think is very important even before you sit down to actually start the draft. Uh, no, gr- gr- terrific points. And, and hopefully uh, you, you and I talked about this in, in, in some of our other podcasts, right? About scheduling, right? It's August 9th today. Um, by now you should have a very good idea that you when, what time and where your draft is going to be at. And uh, I, I think, Having that organization, uh, a responsibility of, of the league's commissioner, of course, um, also gives people time to prepare so that they don't have this kind of crazy urgency and aren't trying to shuffle so many things. Look, inevitably, I would say this was things happen, right? Sometimes there's a traffic jam and someone's delayed getting there. You, you and and you know what? That's part of being prepared for the unexpected, right? Uh, you have to have that sort of um, that situation. You know, needs to be something that. That that has to be. People have to have that that in mind. So that that's what I would say. Make, make sure make make sure that this is getting organized so people have time to prepare for this sort of thing. And, and would you agree that the art of actually enjoying it, having fun at your draft in your league, is kind of a lost art. Like things get so intense. To your point, what you mentioned a minute ago, emotional at times, stressful at times, anxious the results, winning, losing tight games. I feel like 
the better your attitude is and the more fun you're having with it, the better you're going to do. And I just feel like it shouldn't be lost. This should be fun and you should embrace your draft and enjoy your draft. Yeah. Great. Great words of wisdom. No question about that. And so I'll move on to my next one here is actually now, be, you know, as we're getting, as you're getting ready for your draft is this is just something with me that I, I strongly say is a don't. Don't go in with a mindset of, I have to get this player. I have to get that player. Because one of two things are going to happen inevitably. There'll be one or two other members or more that have the same view on the same player, and that'll lead to one of two things. Either you're going to pay more than you really should have or wanted to for a player, or you you don't get the player, and then you're upset and disheveled, and that kind of has a has a uh, you know a trickle down effect, if you will, and kind of ruins and messes up your draft, and it may even be difficult to overcome. So, one strong don't is don't go into a draft with I have to leave this draft with this player. Yeah, to your to that point, what what I like to do, and I think you probably do it too, and I'm not gonna so. Whatever. If if there's three wide receivers that you consider to be, you know, really top tier number two wide receivers, just have a mindset. You know, there's three or four guys. It's probably not going to be a huge differentiation of their performance over the course of the year. And if you're not able to get one because exactly what Wiz just said, there's just an over demand for that particular player. Uh, you know, you can. I don't want to say settle, but there's probably not a lot of differentiation. Like I said, between you know player you know, 15 wide receiver versus receiver 21. There's probably not a humongous difference. And I would have some flexibility in my tiers is what I would say to you. Yeah, and you hit on exactly what my next thing is as kind of piggybacking on that is have backup plans. Have players that you're going to pivot to off those group of players that you just mentioned. You know, don't don't get yourself caught up in, well, if I don't get this player, I don't know what I'm going to do. And if I get the player, you end up spending more money than you would have, and it doesn't allow you to do what you need to in the rest of your draft. So just think about a group of players that you want, and if that works out, fantastic. If it doesn't, to exactly what you said, have backup plans and players that you're going to pivot to at each position and then say, okay, I didn't get those group of receivers. I'm going to pivot to a lesser group of receivers or receivers that I'm comfortable with that may go for less money. And that will allow me to be a little bit more aggressive at other positions. So to exactly what you were saying, backup plans and players that you're going to pivot to is an absolute do for me at drafts. Yep. I agree. I I think uh, one thing you and I have talked about uh, pretty much ad nauseum when it comes to draft day uh, focus, uh, and, and I'm sure this is on your list, but if you're doing a draft and you're not knowing what is going on in the rest of the room and at the, or at that table about what, other owners may need at a particular time where they are in terms of their salary cap, in terms of fulfillment, uh, also how their roster spaces look. You better darn well be paying attention and keeping track of everything else that's going on in the room, not just your team. 1,000%. This is as important as it gets. You must keep track not only of your team, 
but the players and the money that every team is spending and how much they have left, there's no way that you can make correct and proper decisions on players as the draft goes on without the knowledge of what someone has left and looking at the positions. So this is an absolute do, an absolute must. Bring a spreadsheet, bring some kind of a sheet that's big enough on your draft board where you're keeping track of your players and your roster, your monies, spent and left and every other team's rosters who they have how much they've spent and how much they have left it is the absolute most important thing and allows you to make the best informed decisions as bids go on throughout the draft 100 percent with yeah, with yeah. You. no no doubt about it no no doubt about it and i and i, and I mentioned this already uh, no and i think Knowing the scoring system, going back in history, seeing what happened, you can easily go back on most websites and see how players did the year before, you know, and I think it's always good to kind of remind yourself of what the previous year looked like. Past history does matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The next one is one that I think is something that's very important, but rarely utilized properly is don't be repetitious with your nominations. I can't tell you how many people I've drafted with that are repetitious with their nominations. They will either nominate players they have no interest in, that they hope that maybe the price will be high, and others GMs will spend money on, or they are repetitious in terms of nominating players that they want. And I know you are, and I am very well aware of who's doing what and keeping track of that. And I will take advantage of that all day long. And uh, I will punish teams and make them pay extra um, because I know that they're interested and I, and they have um, a repetitious way about them with their nomination. So you have got to mix it up. Nominate players that you really want. Nominate players you don't have an interest in. But you absolutely can't be repetitious and do the same thing. A KG veteran of auction drafts will catch on to that in one second and take advantage. So this is a very, very important don't. Don't be repetitious with your nominations. Yeah, I think that's completely correct. I think uh, what I try to do is sometimes, it, so I, I kind of look at it three ways with sometimes I nominate players I want, sometimes it's players I don't want, and sometimes it's a player that I feel, especially in an auction, I need to see participants spend some money. Let's say I've already spent a decent amount of money. I, if I feel there's that one player, even though I may like that player, that I feel some money needs to be spent on that player, and I, and I try to look at that as the right time to introduce that player to the draft. So, so I, I would say that's the way I look at it uh, in terms of that was, and, and in addition was, you know, you talk about antsiness and habits and all that sort of stuff. And, and you and I have watched people, you know, their 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 body motions. They sit up in their chairs, they're twiddling their thumbs or what have you. You know, be, this is like a poker game, right? <laughs> like, the, make no mistake about it. You know, when someone's, you know, all of a sudden their antenna are up uh, when they're looking at a player, and other times where they're just completely uninterested and not paying any attention, just looking up at the sky. The, the way I see it, Wiz, I think you want to be a bidder on almost all players so that people can't understand what direction you're going in. 
Yeah, exa- exactly. Which is, you know, just let me go back for a second. What you were saying is that you have three different ways, a player that you're not interested in, a player that you're interested in, a player that you want to see go for money because of where things are in the room financially. But the bottom line is you're not repeating and doing the same thing over and over and over again, which is a mistake that's made. Now to your next point, which is actually the next on my list, is don't be repetition with you, repetitious with your bidding. I can't tell you how many times I see around the room a player gets nominated and half the room starts looking at their phone. Yeah, not interested. And then the complete reverse. I see a player get nominated and to the exact wording you said, they sit up in their chair, they're now they're involved in their bidding. So I catch on to this, I see the tells and even if it's a player that I necessarily am not interested in, I'm bidding and once I notice their trend or their tell, if you will, of what they're doing on players they like, I'm gonna make those guys spend extra money because they act completely disinterested and are disinterested on players they don't want and have a different body language when they are different. So a must don't is don't be repetitious with your bidding. So what you said is unless it's like you have a kicker and a defense and and another kicker or defense is nominated and you just don't really have a roster spot, whatever. You could be looking at your phone, get ready for the next bid or whatever. But on other players, you should be bidding and not letting anyone else know if you're really interested in the player or if you're not interested, but you can't do the same thing over and over again where you're completely not interested on a player that you don't want and sitting up and getting aggressively bidding from start to finish. So again, don't be repetitious with your nominations and don't be repetitious with your bidding. Yeah, and I, and I guess it was, uh, you know, I, Look, we, we kind of have an idea coming into a draft. You know, if you're in a 12-person league, and, you know, I, I would say there's a better chance than not that, that out of those 12 teams, each team is going to have, you know, three to four really bonafide, you know, coming into, the, as far as coming into the draft rankings goes, you know, superstars in terms of production. You know, you're going to get a lot of production from three to four players. I guess what I would say is, you know, I've seen this happen too many times, Wiz, where, you know, guys lay in the weeds and then they just continue to let really good players go by. And then they're left at the end of the day with a bunch of tough decisions to make where they have these players of equal ability. I think you have to always make sure you secure a few superstars when it comes to these auction drafts, Wiz. Yeah, I I think the the person that always, always and – in every league, there's always a guy or two. They want to hold on to so much of their money towards the end. So let's think about what happens in that situation. If you have a few guys who have done that, what ends up happening is there seems to be a drop-off in, in ability and talent of players, and then those two or three teams that have saved their money end up paying for a player of so much lesser ability, the same price that maybe an elite player won for just out of need and desperation at the, the at that point. So timing is everything. And, um, you know, you have to toe the line, if you will, but I don't think you should be overly, overly aggressive at the start. And I don't think you should be one of these people that hang on to your money and let 
all of the good players or great players go by, and then you find yourself in a bidding war and thinking, oh, my goodness, what did I do? Um, I'm bidding on a player at the same price that I had another player ranked way above him, and he went for, like, the same money. So I, I agree completely with that premise. Yeah, and I think, you know, my last point was, you know, you kind of talked about it in the beginning about getting there early and what have you. You know, I just, just generally being prepared, uh, taking a look at schedules, having an idea what matchups looking late in the year. I wouldn't, I personally would not get overly concerned with kickers and defenses. I think over the years, maybe I've spent a little bit more time on that, but I just think as time has gone on, I think leagues are kind of adapting and being more flexible. There's a lot more streaming that's going on in defenses. Yes, you want to get a great kicker, but you know what? Sometimes there's some really good value in those kickers ranked some, somewhere between 10 and 15. Uh, so I, I wouldn't get overly carried away at those p- two particular positions. And, and I would say not spending a lot of tremendous amount of money there. That's just kind of my, my quick and dirty. But, but yeah, preparation and uh, part of that preparation also is, is, is uh, li- listening to guys like us in, in, in our podcast. Yeah, we really have a lot of experience with this. And, you know, these are things that I, I'm sure people who have only been in a few auction drafts or even people that have done a lot, they don't think of these things. They don't realize what they're what they're doing i mean um i know you know somebody in our league that's been at these drafts for over 20 years and you know i just know when they nominate a player they're 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 trying to get that player so right off the bat i'm making them pay a whiz tax of five bucks at least um on that player just because i know that what they're trying to do so I think what you say is a very, very good point. And I, I'll say one one last thing, and I know it's something you do. You're, you actually do this um, in a more complete way than I do, is studying, keeping the draft sheet of the year before, studying the draft, looking at the prices, looking at maybe there's a soft spot in the draft. At what point did maybe prices start to go down dramatically? At what point in the draft was their value? So, look, if you can keep your draft sheet from the year before, or if your commissioner hasn't erased it, you can go to the team pages and kind of see if the salaries are still there. But, you know, you're more in-depth and do this even better than I do you really keep track of previous year's drafts and study that. And I think that's an important thing and probably something that I could do and work on a little bit as well. So keeping track of what happened the year before your draft and like really analyzing it and trying to remember at what point did this start becoming value picks in the drafts and, and thinking that that's most likely to happen again is very, very important. Yeah, look, there's a lot of excitement when you walk into the room, right? You're you're gung ho, you're raring to go. It's it's kind of that uh, you know the, the 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 buzz that you have uh, as you sit down in chair and the first name gets called out. And uh, yeah, there, there will be a lull and there will be a big drop off because people have kind of overspent early on on players that they really want and and trying to kind of get a feel for where where that value begins and 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 how much value there is at the end of those drafts. Or even in the middle of the drafts, I think is something that's uh, that's quite noteworthy. There's no question about that. So yeah, I mean, I think we went over. I had you know a bunch of these things written down. Uh, you know, some of them 
um, at least half of things that you had on your list as well. So we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't do a podcast before the podcast where we're, you know, talking about this stuff and analyzing it. We just say, here's the topic, here's the subject. Maybe I'll, you know, I'll, I'll write something to you and say, let's do something about this. or you'll write to me about this. And then we, we have an understanding of what we want to do. And then we just do it. We, we're not, we're not, we're not going over anything beforehand. And I think, you know, this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to do a podcast like we were having a regular conversation, and that's what we're bringing. And I think this podcast is going to be really helpful to a lot of people, people who are starting out and been in, in, in auction grass for a few years, and even people who have been for longer, because uh, <clears throat> from what I see, they are guilty <laughs> of a lot of the don'ts that you and I have on our list. <laughs> <laughs> no names mentioned. No names mentioned. But you know what? It's fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's not that far away. Uh, lots happening, Wiz. And uh, obviously, uh, first full week of preseason this week. So it, it, it's exciting. And there'll be fallout from that week. And uh, we'll be here to talk about it. we got a lot more to talk about as the season, as the preseason winds on into the regular season. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Again, make sure you're subscribing. Wiz, outstanding job with this one. Lots of fun talking about it. And uh, catch up with you again later in the week. You got it.